games. Welcome in Triple Zeros. I'm your host, Josh Buck Arthur. As always, if you want to follow me, please do. On Twitter, it's at Josh G. Buck. Facebook, it's at Jukes and Jumps. If you want to send an email to the show, jukesandjumps at gmail.com. Uh, as always, check out the writing. Uh, last word on pro football, Pippin Ain't Easy, and Jukes and Jumpers out, wordpress.com. It's been a busy week in the NFL, and the NBA, too, is picking up, you know, tips off tomorrow. I'm excited. NBA season 2019, NBA regular season is finally upon us. Uh, excited to see what the what the Chicago Bulls do here. But we'll get to all that in a second. First things first, of course, at this time of year, we have to start things off with the, the reactions to NFL's uh, Week 7. We're going to kick things off first and foremost with the uh, Atlanta Falcons getting straight up manhandled by the uh, Los Angeles Rams. This game was interesting because it wasn't really uh, – the ground game didn't go get, go get going for either team, which is interesting considering how banged up the Falcons' defense is. But the Rams couldn't muster much of anything. Uh, Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown combined for 29 carries and 72 yards, 2.48 yards per carry against the Aladdin Falcons. Um, the Falcons' run game didn't get going either, and that's really not the story fully told. Um, the real story, of course, is the interaction between – Devontae Freeman and uh, Aaron Donald, where Aaron Donald, let's take a look for yourself. Aaron Donald's putting his hands on him. Putting his hands on him. Lifts him up off the ground like a child, and then Devontae Freeman throws the punch and gets ejected for it. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what his reaction is supposed to be. You pick me up like a child. We might have an issue. Now, we see some more, uh, uh, I guess, abuse towards a player of diminutive stature. We'll be very polite when we say this um, later on, but the Rams, Aaron Donald lifted up Devontae Freeman like a straight little kid and, and held him there. And then, you know, like I said, Devontae Freeman threw that punch, he got ejected. Um, the Rams got, the Rams are, are getting back on track. Jared Goff didn't do too great. Neither did Matt Ryan. Uh, Goff, 59% completion, 268 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Matt Ryan, wasn't much better. It was it's an ugly season for the Falcons. That's what I what I really wanted to get to. Uh, aside from that video of Freeman getting about to get tossed out uh, in the process of getting himself tossed out, the Falcons' season is just degraded in the, in the uh, just the wildest thing ever. A team like I said, it's weird to see them fall off so hard. They've gone from uh, Super Bowl, obviously they lost, but and blowing that lead, but it's just deteriorated each year since, and they're they're. Rumored to be shopping guys like Vic Beasley at this point, who I actually wouldn't mind to see in Chicago opposite Khalil Mack. But, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, it's just weird to see how they've fallen off. Um, but that was that was the highlight of that game um, from the outside looking in uh, in a game that was just, again, the continuance of the Atlanta Falcons' miserable season. Um, but the next thing that we got to get into, the Miami Dolphins. Do you believe in Fitzmagic? Because he got put back in against the uh, Buffalo Bills. Josh Rosen got sat down. Um, no, to answer the question, first and foremost, no, I do not believe in Fitzmagic. Uh, 
we've seen this movie before. I don't know if they plan on staying with him, but I, all this pulling back and forth of Josh Rosen, there's no way that a, a, a guy's going to have confidence if you keep uh, playing around with his, with his playing time that way, his preparation, how he's going into it. And then, you know, being pulled in the middle of the game obviously never feels good, so that's got to be uh, a uh, damage to the confidence. But you also wonder if there's a little bit of uh, – I don't want to say – trying to serve him as just desserts, but almost trying to humble him in a way because, you know, Rosen came in with the the reputation of being a little bit uh, arrogant, as it were, nonchalant with football, not needing football, knowing that there was things other than football that he had interests uh, in doing. I'm, I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case, but you could make um, an argument that maybe uh, they maybe they they are trying to short sort of teach him a lesson and that nothing comes easy. I don't know. I'm not really sure. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre situation for him, a, a kid who I actually had very high hope, high hopes for coming out of UCLA a couple of years ago. Um, the, the, the things that he's gone through are just, it's, it's odd. It's, it's fascinating to watch. I hope he comes out for, uh, for the better, but right now he's in a terrible situation in Miami that doesn't appear to be improving and they don't seem to have any faith in him. So um, as I said, the Bills uh, won that game 31-21, but they did that thanks to a 22-point fourth quarter. They actually were trailing 14-9, uh, in the at, coming out of the half and uh, scored seven points in the fourth. But like I said, Buffalo, 22 points in the fourth quarter. But the highlight, again, this is, this show will be, this episode will be a lot, about a lot of the highlights from the game, the, the a lot of the images and videos you've seen going around the uh, the interwebs, as it were. This was the play that uh, made it. Gorman snapped that ball in the air. Micah Hyde, great ball skills at the high point. All hands, a pirouette, a 360 move. And then he comes up running. So only in practice have I ever seen that happen. Micah Hyde from the Buffalo Bills, safety of the Buffalo Bills, making a great play. Something I've never, ever seen happen. Um, you heard the announcer say that he's seen it in practice. I've never even seen it there. Uh, Micah Hyde returning the onside kick for a touchdown. Just a, a great play. <laughs> Heads up play, a very heady play. Just uh, oh, that's that's what you really kind of see when you see it. You, it's one of those things like, can he do that? Wait, he can do that. Oh my goodness, that's it's crazy. But it was it's an awesome thing to see. Happy for the Bills. The Bills are five and one and have a real shot at uh, going for a long stretch without uh, taking a loss. They only I think I, I read the only teams with winning records left on their schedule are Dallas, New England, and the Ravens. And um, the way we've seen Dallas play of late, who knows, that game could be a toss-up really um, with how tough the Buffalo Bills defense is. But uh, good for Buffalo. Good to see them going. They're, like I said, 5-1. and one. Nobody's really talking about them right now. Now you've heard somebody talk about them. Uh, but Miami, I I'm not sure what they're doing. Maybe it's best that Rosen doesn't play so he doesn't get beat up behind that line. But Fitzmagic, if they think that that's going to be anything other than uh, it, it actually could jeopardize their shot at the first pick in the draft between them and the Bengals. So they might want to be careful putting him in there. He might actually mess around and win a game. Um, Rosen's not there yet, but I'm not sure if he's even ever given a chance to to really flourish in any offense, let alone uh, build, have an offense around him, let alone flourish in an offense. So that would be something to keep an eye on. Uh, the next game, Texans at loss to the Colts. This was a game that on What the Steven, uh, check out What the Steven, good podcast. He also does on Twitch um, and on Twitter at Illini Ryan 7 um, I said on there that I picked the Colts. And then on uh, last episode of Triple Zeros, I said that, you know what, I'm going to take the talent of the Texans. I was wrong. I should have stuck with my initial gut instinct and, uh, and, and, and rode with the Colts because they really 
showed what it is that they've been doing well all season. They protected the football. Jacoby Brissett actually was 26 of 39, uh, 326 yards, four touchdowns, and only took one sack. That's incredible. He outplayed Deshaun Watson, 23 of 34, uh, 67.6% completion, 308 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Uh, Now, that touchdown, he should have had another touchdown, and I'm going to show you what I mean. He got robbed, and it's it's, it's a shame because we see this happen a lot where there's inconsistency on when these plays, these type of plays are stopped. But uh, here's the play in question, and then uh, we'll we'll break it down in a second. And was upset. Let's see the pressure. Initially, it comes from Sheard. They call Corinthi must have blown the whistle and said that he was in the grass. Here's the finish of the play. Hopkins gets into the end zone. The Colts were thinking the ball. So you see there that uh, Watson uh, is called ruled down. It's ruled a sack for some reason. Um, the referee said that he was in the grasp of the defender and I don't know what's going on with the camera here. We'll fix that in a moment. I uh, said he was in the grasp of the defender and that, uh, there was, there was that he was in the grasp of the defender. That's a, that's a very stupid rule. He stopped his progress, stopped the uh, problem of an obvious touchdown. Uh, I think that, uh, that's, that's something that the, the league needs to look at and, and make sure there's some kind of consistency there when they are and aren't stopping plays. We've also seen something similar on those, um, uh, encroachment plays where sometimes some certain quarterbacks are allowed to get a free play out of that. And other times they stop the play uh, and, and rob the offense of a chance to catch the defense and snapping as they already have get, catching them off sides. And again, getting that free play. So that's, that was the play from that game. Uh, one to keep an eye on and one to, to think about going forward with how well uh, the, the Colts are playing. Uh, like I said, Jacoby Brissett, man, four touchdowns, that man threw four tugs. I'm happy for him. He was thrust into a starting position with uh, Andrew Luck, falling out, uh, retiring, falling out, retiring. Uh, so good to see him doing well. Good to see uh, the Colts doing well. Uh, Frank Reich can coach, man. He can coach him up, I'll tell you that much. And that defense is, is legit. Both run games got shut down in this one. So that was it, that's why you see so many passing yards. I had figured, had asked out loud if Brissett would have to go to the air. The answer was yes. And he did so with in a resounding fashion. So I'm not sure there's many questions left about it. He made plays. He did what he had to do. The uh, Texans did end up trading for Gary and Conley today. So apparently they they had it saw enough with Jacoby Brissett going out there and tearing him up to uh, make a move to try to shore up their secondary. But, uh, you know. Is what it is, I guess. They uh, they lost this one, and the Colts take first place in the uh, AFC South. The next game that we're going to talk about is uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, New York Giants. Cardinals are now three three and one. But the important thing here, as you see down there, is uh, Kyler Murray one, Daniel Jones zero. That's all it is. I want to stop by. Neither one of these teams are really going anywhere this year. It's just fun to see these two going at it. Um, Kyler's going to have to start doing some more things. Uh, outside of garbage time, but the major story in this one is backup running back. I guess he's not really backup if he started this game, but running back uh, Chase Edmond goes off 27 carries, 128 yards, uh, three touchdowns in playing in the place of uh, an injured or recuperating, I guess, David Johnson, who after the game, his coach said was only really available if they needed him to be. Um, his counterpart, Saquon Barkley, had 18 carries for 72 yards, five uh Targets three catches for eight yards as he played his first game back as returning from injury. It's it's not a good year for for the Giants. Jones is promising, but he takes a lot of risks, a lot of unnecessary risks, and was floating the ball up there. Chandler Jones had uh, a career high in sacks that game, and Jones was actually sacked himself eight times 
Daniel Jones was sacked eight times, but Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals had a career high day in uh, getting to the quarterback. If I can find my note here, <laughs> of course, there it is. Uh, Chandler Jones with four sacks, career high four sacks. And as I said, the, the Cardinals had eight as a team. Jones was whipped around and it's, it's to the point where now you see, okay, the giants might have two pieces on offense, three, four, if you consider Ingram and uh shepherd to be cornerstones of an offense. I don't know. I kind of consider them to be ancillary pieces, but we'll see how they uh, mature going forward, but they need an offensive line. They got to protect Jones and they're going to have to give uh, Saquon some better block. You imagine Saquon with some better blocking. Like, I guess it's been adequate if you've been able to better blocking uh switching gears real quick next game Chargers at the titans melvin gordon is going to be taking a lot of the heat because he just came back and um well things aren't going so well by three rivers on again gordon did he get in this official says no while the clock is rolling nine seconds eight seconds Titans have the football. Is that a fumble for Gordon? Melvin Gordon uh, fumbling the ball at the goal line, securing the victory for the Tennessee Titans. That has to be just uh, one of the, the most heartbreaking things. He's been struggling coming back, though, and there was actually a graphic of his uh, last 36 carries going around on the Twitter feeds that uh, were not very flattering couple of fumbles in there, a lot of single digits, and he was really outplayed by Austin Eckler. But, of course, that fumble is what's going to be uh, stuck in everybody's mind. And it was actually his second fumble. The first fumble was forced uh, by Logan Ryan. Uh, he was around the ball. Gordon might be pressing. I'm not sure if there are calls to get Austin Eckler back in the game or back on the uh, in the lineup because of how effective he was when he was able to play. It's Gordon's job. I guess you got to give him some chance, uh, some time to get his legs under him. But I can understand fans' frustration with uh, him having sat out for uh, trying to get a new contract, but yet he comes in and this is what the type of performance that it's been. Um, that's unfortunate, man. Uh, hopefully they'll get that figured out. But that's that's a tough way to go out. That's a tough L to take, and I think uh, that's that's one that is going to stick with him. Hopefully he'll get a chance to redeem himself later on. But the Chargers are, are basically the AFC version of the Atlanta Falcons. Their defense is so banged up; they're taking uh, a lot of L's. In a, in a rough, rough campaign right now. Hopefully they'll be able to bounce back too. Um, the next game, switch another gear up. Actually, I'm going to take a break real quick and try to figure out what's going on uh, with the camera. So uh, please, hopefully, stick with me. Be right back in a moment. There we go. Fix that. Figured it out. Okay. Now that was weird, man. I don't understand what's going on. Technology is supposed to make things easier, but it never does. Never does. Okay. Um, this one's personal. This one hurts my heart. The Saints torment the Bears. And I wrote um, in last word on pro football, the Bears have to address the elephant in the room. And that is right now they are not a very good football team. 
offensively at least. Defense, people are trying to pile on the defense, but it's hard to be uh, effective for an entire game when you're on the field for basically the entire game. And the Bears were on the field for much of that game against the Saints. They could not, uh, they were getting off early, but the offense not being able to sustain any sort of a drive uh, really hindered them. Uh, they ended up falling to the Saints, as I said, 36 to 25. Don't read in too much into that score because it was largely came in garbage time um, at the end of the game where the Saints were just hanging back. And after they had mocked the Bears, uh, it was a 12 to 10 game at the half. And yet the Bears still ended the game with a total of uh, 11 carries between uh, I'm sorry. Seven carries for 17 yards between four ball carriers, uh, five for the running backs, Cohen and Montgomery, and then uh, one apiece for Patterson, Cordero Patterson and one for Anthony Miller, who, which he ended up fumbling. The weird thing about this game is that uh, they were coming off their bye week, and their two worst offensive performances have come when they have had their longest chance to prepare. So I'm not sure what's going on if they're over-preparing themselves. They're over, uh, we, uh, Nagy talked about in the uh, summer dialing it back a little bit so guys could play a lot faster. I don't know if they never did that and they are still overloading everybody, but it's not looking good. Um, again, Trubisky looks lost out there and addressed that in the article as well. Um, it, if, if he's it, he has not shown that he's it. What he's shown is flashes, but that makes you a backup. That makes you a person who can come in and get a team one or two wins, go 500. That makes you chase Daniels with legs, with with wheels, which, by the way, we haven't seen. Um, I, I actually quoted in the article, he averaged, I believe, five yards and about just under five carries and about 30 yards per game uh, last season. And this year, he's only averaging, he's only got five rushes for 20 yards. So something's up if either he's trying too hard to be a pocket passer they're not doing enough to move him around. I don't know if that's the case. I think it looks like he's forcing, trying to be a pocket passer, which is not working. Um, if if this is a result of the 202 level offense that we we're supposedly seeing, um, it's failed. And they need to go back to 101 and just let it ride with that because at least then they were winning games. Um, they're three and three. We knew there was going to be a tougher season. Again, three and three is not the end of the world, but it, uh, they look like a team who is destined to be out of the playoffs and facing a serious dilemma, at least at one position right in the face. Um, they could use some step up. Uh, obviously the defense has, like I said, has been great in my opinion, but they could use some Leonard Floyd to, to offset some of this uh, attention that Khalil Mack has been seeing. They really missed uh, Akeem Hicks up the middle as everybody expected they would. But they held up for the most part against the Saints until late in that game when the offense, again, couldn't muster anything. At one point, uh, they went into the fourth quarter, I believe, with like 84 yards. And then at, they, at, in the third, they had gained like two points with like three minutes left. It's just it's really bad right now. And what's also scary is that uh, head coach Matt Nagy seems to not have any answers what, for whatsoever. Now, maybe that's just what it is publicly. I I, I hinted and, and wondered if maybe – his sentiments that he expressed towards Mitchell Trubisky when he first got the job here about not necessarily being sold when he first met him or whatever, or not, or whatever, not being sold on him when he first was scouting him when he, while Nagy was with Kansas city, but then liking him once he got to meet him and talk to him. I wonder if he's confirmed what his initial assessment of Trubisky was. Uh, what most people have seen, what I came around to finally this year, I uh, last year was trying to give him the wait and see approach, let him get in his offense and and, and grow. 
Um, let's see what he does with the nut with a year under his belt and then you know can go in with a full off season of understanding of the concepts and everything well so far this year uh and i understand that he's coming back from an injury but he should have the offense down well enough to not be stuck in the middle of the field on a wide open play where he's got two receivers open but he gets uh just stands like a deer in headlights and gets a sack that's not acceptable he's missing overthrowing wide open receivers on plays that could change the game uh, at least one uh that could have been a touchdown to cohen and he overthrew him those are things that you can't have happen, and he's doing it routinely. And then again, uh, he's getting that deer in headlights look. Now, if that's a, a symptom of him getting rattled because of the struggles that are happening around him and missing those plays, then that's still an issue because that means that his mental makeup is beyond is a, at a point where it either needs to be repaired or it is beyond repair, and that's something that you have to figure out as well. Again, they have a major reckoning on their hands, and then uh, not – the least of which, which is probably a choice of words considering what happened. Uh, and you notice I said Saints Storm at the Bears. Um, to add insult to injury, Saints players were giving it to Tariq Cohen, my boy, um, in the game because they – how do I say this politely? They know that Tariq Cohen – where did I put the video? Tariq Cohen is not the uh, the tallest of players. Um, he is five foot six, I believe. Not gonna be uh, one of the the ones that uh, it, it's it's things because I really like I really like him, but it's funny, and I know he doesn't think it's funny because I would be upset. I, I had the video, but I, I apparently have over have deleted it or moved it. Uh, they, the Saints players were mocking his height. And it was Eli Apple and another Saints player mocking Tariq Cohen's height, walking past him, doing one of these maneuvers. And you could see Tariq Cohen getting highly upset, which I don't blame him for at all. Uh, but later on, Eli Apple ended up tearing his ACL will now be out for the season. Cohen had to laugh about that. And I just thought, man, Carver is real because they were they were giving him some serious guff about his height. I, I get it. You know, he's a little guy, but that I apparently Karma uh, is taking the punts on Sundays. Who knew? I get. We all know now. Um, but again, not, <laughs> that that is making light of what is really turning out to be a, a, a scary situ- situation right now for the Bears in terms of where they're going uh, moving forward. And then a positive one for the Saints: Teddy Bridgewater is making himself a lot of money. He signed that. Now breezes out. Um, I can't imagine there's any situation where they don't reinsert Breeze as a starter uh, when he's healthy. After this year, maybe Bridgewater stays on with the notion that Breeze is gone in the next season or so. But if he becomes free, I would like for the Bears to probably uh, investigate that situation. They have to, at the very least, bring in some competition for Mitch. And I, uh, I think Bridgewater was probably more than competition. But, again, that's bare minimum. Uh, the two names that I mentioned in that article for the last word on pro football were Bridgewater and Nick Foles, a player the Bears should know well because he beat them in the wild card last year. But more importantly, he has Super Bowl winning experience in an offense that is very similar to the one that the Bears operate. So his his transition into it could be as seamless as you could ask for. People have bandied about Cam Newton. Um, Andy Dalton was one I think people, I hope they were joking about. Marcus Mariota, another one I hope they were joking about. I have no faith in Andy Dalton to be able to come in and run run this offense well enough. Again, that's this is coming from a person who thought Trubisky just needed another year in, in the in the offense to get it going. 
that so far, so far has proven to be uh, not the case. Uh, but I just don't think that Dalton is enough to elevate this team. I think his issue with turnovers will be one that will rear its head at, a worst, at the worst possible time. Mariota I could understand because he does protect the football, but he also has those big games where he throws a lot of picks. But more importantly, he gets injured a lot. Uh, Nick Foles seems to only be able to thrive in Philly, but maybe it's more of the system than it is the 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 city. Hopefully, that's the logic there. And then, again, Bridgewater, I think Bridgewater just shows that that would be my ideal because he's shown that he can operate an offense, make enough plays to win you a game, not lose you a game because he protects the football. And uh, that's the most important part. This team has a great defense. They just need a quarterback who can do enough to win them a game, not losing the game and take advantage of some of those wide open receivers that uh, are still there in this offense, despite all the talk about them not getting uh, separation and Nick's offense stagulating. The quarterback has to hit the open receiver. And we can talk about him being rattled from not having enough time from the offensive line, but I've seen good quarterbacks make bad offensive lines look better, especially ones as as athletic as Trubisky is uh, with less talent, at least a a lot less talent along the offensive line than what the Bears supposedly have. Now, I've never been the highest on the the group, especially in the tackle position, but I still think that they are talented enough for this team to win with. They have to figure out a way to – Fix it, figure it out. I'm not sure. And if they can't, then this offseason, there has to be some kind of addressing the quarterback position, whether, again, it's competition or a starter. But either way, that's my little rant on the Bears because that's the local team. We're going to move on and, and and kind of hit a – not a rapid fire, but we're going to wrap up the uh, the NFL segment and then start talking some of these, uh, these NBA big money deals that were going around. Um, the next game, Saints at the – uh, the Saints. Wow. Ravens at the Seahawks. Lamar Jackson, as you can see, Lamar Jackson is my new uh, top guy for MVP. I know Russell Wilson is the guy I was standing for last episode. I still think that probably most people have Russ at top now. Um, he's been extremely efficient with what he's with his passing touchdowns. Uh, we talked about that ad nauseum in the past couple of episodes, actually. But Lamar is doing things that I think. Uh, prove how valuable he is to this team. Now, you can argue he's got a great defense and he's in a great system, but that, that's cool. That offense is built around him. It's almost like um, uh, the the Bucks in the NBA with Giannis. They've built an offense, uh, a system around his skill set, and he's doing a little bit of everything to get the job done. He ran all up and down the Seahawks, uh, and that's he had 116 yards on the ground. He threw for only 100 and. Uh, 43, 45% completion, but Russ didn't do much better. He only had 48.8, and he's been actually really accurate, so you just know it was that kind of game um, defensively. Uh, but I, I really feel like Jackson is making a strong case for himself to be the MVP this year, and while I don't think he'll win it, I will be cheering for him to win it, and I think that uh, I just want to be the first one to, to, to – not maybe, probably not the first one. One of the first ones to be, to, to be able to say that I was uh, – in his corner to get the MVP award because he's doing some incredible things for this team and, and outpassing uh, expectations for that. A lot of people put on him, the limitations that they tried to set upon him, uh, what they thought his skill set really was. But as usual, as the, as the, the theme of this, we actually have this clip. I don't know what happened to the bears when that's supposed that should be here, should have been there, but this one is, this is Lamar. Uh, this is Lamar's Ravens causing Russell Wilson's first turnover uh, with a, with a, a cameo featuring uh, uh, their newest member, Marcus Peters. 
complicated pass concept. Third down and six. Try to go long first, and the pass is intercepted. Marcus Peters. And he scores. First interception of the year for Russell Wilson, and I have not seen him do First interception of the year for Russell Wilson. Marcus Peters' first game as a Baltimore Raven. He was traded from the Rams. And, you know, the Rams got Ramsey. Who got a fumble? I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier, but he got recovered a fumble, or he forced a fumble, Jalen Ramsey. Um, happy for Marcus Peters, though. Making the best of a situation, man. He didn't seem – he had that face on, but he's just a dog. When um, everybody was talking about he looked upset walking into practice, his first Ravens practice. He's just a dog like that, and you can see the kind of plays that he can make. Now, he is susceptible to getting beat uh, because he is so aggressive, but – Plays like that, man, you kind of have to live with the the ups and downs because he's a ball hawk uh, to the highest degree. Uh, last game, next game, not last game. The Philadelphia Eagles got thumped by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas rolled them. Dak Prescott, 77.8% completion, 239 yards, touchdown to pick, three sacks, but he made plays. The story, though, they fed Zeke 22 carries, 111 yards, a touchdown. Mario Cooper, hella efficient, five catches on five targets, 106 yards. Um, the 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 Eagles actually told you about this game last week that the Eagles last week last episode that the Eagles offense has been kind of stagnant and you saw that uh, play out. Wentz sixty one percent completion sixty one point five uh, only one hundred ninety one yards a touchdown and a pick he took three sacks and the offense just looked really stagnant and 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 uh, stuck in the mud and it's interesting because you know this is the game Doug Peterson said that the team would go out and win. Marcus Lawrence took issue to that. Lane Johnson took issue to Demarcus Lawrence taking issue, and then there was a whole Twitter thing. But in the end, the Cowboys got the last laugh, and the the the, the team could not back up their coach. You hate to see it. At the same time, you love to see it because man, coaches got to be careful writing checks that the players butts. You know, that they can't cash. That's just how it goes. Let your mouth write a check that your, that your ass can't cash. Is what my mom used to tell me. And this is one of those situations for the Eagles or for the the yeah for the Eagles and. Let that be a lesson. They'll be fine. They fall to three and four. Cowboys go to four and three after losing three straight. They uh, snapped that little street, little skid there. Good for them. Uh, we'll see how it is going forward in the NFCs. That that's a two two horse uh, division with those two teams. They're going to be battling out to the very end. I'm I'm very sure of that. The Eagles will get it figured out. But that one that's one of those just that's that's karma making call making house calls on a Sunday once again. Um, Got to see that twice this week. Mm. You love to see it, actually, because you get, like, again, careful what you say, man. It comes back on you really, really fast. Wrapping up with this game right here. This was tonight's game, the Monday Night Football game. Uh, Sam Darnold. The Jets, first of all, the Jets got blanked by the uh, New England Patriots, 33 to nothing. Uh, that's that's the least of the worries, though. The, the Sam Darnold was caught. He was mic'd up for this game, and he was caught on the sideline saying this on the ESPN broadcast. Seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts. Darnold got whipped. He threw four interceptions. He turned the ball over five times. Um, it was a very ugly performance by him. He was literally throwing the ball to Patriots players and really was throwing the empty space that they just happened to occupy. No receivers anywhere. Um, he was clearly rattled. You wonder why. Uh, Adam Gates kept him in that long. There was uh, you heard Booger McFarland throughout the broadcast comment on how there was nothing much for Darnold to gain from being out there other than being uh, exposed to an injury. Uh, it, it's tough. Le'Veon Bell had 15 carries, 70 yards. That's a positive, but 
Darnold struggled 11 to 32, 86 total yards. Again, the four uh, interceptions. He only took the one sack, but he had a quarterback rating of 3.6. That's awful. And if you play fantasy football, he got you negative 6.7 points. So that's just bad. He was throwing, like I said, you see down there throwing the wall, though, because where is he? There's nobody there. I don't know who he saw, but it wasn't anybody on his team, and it makes no sense what he was trying to do and trying to get accomplished. Um, the Niners and the Patriots, uh, got to slide this in real quick. The Niners and the Patriots are, are going to probably – be, they're probably for the Niners, maybe more so due to uh, who they've been playing, but they are playing well. And they're undefeated. They, you saw, the, like I just said, the Patriots won 33 to nothing over the Jets, but the Niners won nine to nothing over the Redskins. And uh, just watch how the game ended. This is the, the final play of the game. And then the fumble by Peterson, and now a fitting sack by the 49er defense. Nick Bosa sailing through. Now, that was the game's obviously going to be over no matter what. They were up by. Sloppy rain soaked game, ugly. No, no, neither team could get anything really going. Uh, Case Keaton, especially, was struggling. I don't know what the Redskins are doing, they don't seem to have a plan. You have Haskins, I guess you don't want to play him because your team is not uh, fully equipped, but he's going to need the reps. And if you don't take the lumps now, he's going to take them next year, and it's going to be much more painful because your team is probably going to be better next season. But he won't be ready, he won't be better. Well, maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe I'm underestimating his ability to learn from the sidelines. But I think that when you take a quarterback that high, you should probably get him out there. Unless your team is completely desolate, a la the, the Miami Dolphins, where they've parted themselves out already. The Redskins still have hope. Who knows what they're doing with Trent Williams? It seems like he's going to be out until he has to report. Um, maybe even he go, he stays out longer than that and follows the Le'Veon Bell route where uh, now guys are maintaining their holdouts. But whatever the case is, Washington has to figure that out. Um, San Fran, like, is is joining the Patriots. They are both undefeated. Washington uh, is in the battle still for the first overall pick, but those other two teams, the the Bengals and the Dolphins, they might not win one all season, so they're going to have to sabotage them somehow. I don't know. Figure it out. They'll probably end up getting third out of the that bottom three. Um, but the Niners, whether it's a function of the schedule or not, you can only play who is on your schedule. They're, they are uh, undefeated right now and looking really good defensively. Offense doing just enough. They're going to need more from the quarterback at some point, but the running game is real because the Shanahan's have a proven system. We know that already. Um, but they're undefeated, and that's more than a lot of teams can say. So they'll we'll keep an eye on how how long they can keep this how long they can keep this up. But right now, it looks like they are here for. Um, at least a, a good bet to make the playoffs and probably make some noise because we know defense and a good running game can do a lot of damage for you, especially when it gets cold and they got to take some trips east. But they might not have to if they keep up this uh, this pace. They beat the Rams, so they already got the division going. Um, they could get a home game and have teams have to come to camp out there and and that running game and that defense, man, it's legit. So and Jimmy G has some Patriot in him, so <laughs> we already know that he's capable of going out there and, and making the play to get the game. Um, on the side of his team, NBA stuff. Um, a lot of money hands out. Fly through this real quick as we wrap up the episode. Buddy Heal signed a four-year, ninety-four million dollar contract that could reach up to one hundred and six million with bonuses. Uh, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics signed four-year, one hundred fifteen million dollar extension. Uh, Dejounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs signed a four-year, $64 million fully guaranteed extension, and Joe Inglis signed a one-year, $14 million extension. It was a Mo Money Monday around the NBA. Man, I, I just wanted to know where I signed up to get that bag. Also, the Bulls uh, 
exercised a couple of options on Lori Markkinen, Wendell Carter, and uh, Chandler Hutchison. So a lot of players getting paid today. You love to see it. Players are questioning, or people are questioning whether or not Jalen Brown was worthy of that extension. He got it. So yes, you're worth what the market is willing to bear. And I think we forget that too often as we try to count people's pockets. I'm happy for him. I was that was a player that I wanted the Bulls to possibly target if things went awry for them this year with this group of guys, which I don't think will happen. I do see the Bulls making the playoffs. Um, we're for Pippen and that I saw some positive signs from them while we were talking about the Bulls. I made it about the Bulls. Um, I see them. They improved their three-point percentage uh, this offseason and took in this preseason and took more shots. They improved themselves on the glass. And yes, it was preseason, but when their starters were in, they were still improved in these numbers. So that's a those are two very positive signs. And then they're healthy to begin this year. Uh, Wendell Carter had some issues with injuries, but he's healthy now. Their only two injuries are uh, Denzel, no, no, Chandler Hutchinson and Shaquille Harrison. I'm tired. <laughs> the only two injuries are Chandler Hutchison and Shaq Harrison. And while I like what Hutchison's ceiling could be, I'm not losing sleep over either one of those guys being out. I'm excited that Carter is back in. Um, he had the fourth or fifth highest defensive rating uh, in the NBA during the preseason. Again, if you want to check out, uh, you need to check out that article. Pippen ain't easy. Um, the numbers that are backing up the Bulls in their playoff goals. Things that I, those are three numbers, the three pointing, the three point threat, something that they were averse to last year. They seem to be embracing. In addition to pace, we didn't really get, I didn't really get into that in that article. Um, but three point shooting, their work on the boards, and then being healthy right about now. These are all recipes for them to have a pretty fast start if they play their cards right. They play some tough teams, but they also have a good chance to be at about, at or about 500, at or above 500 um, when they run to that final stretch where they get into the, 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 20th to like the 24th game where they play the the trailblazers and the warriors four times in the last five or something along those lines something crazy like that um that's like that's that fred holberg area where he got fired at so we'll see how they start off but i think if they keep if the things that they did in this preseason translate like i think they can they, they the things can if the bulls are able to make them translate let's be very clear about that if the bulls are able to make those things translate i think that we are looking at a team that's going to be in the playoffs Definitely eight seed, possibly a seven seed, even as high as a six seed if they things go right. A couple of injuries in the East, who knows? It's wide open. I think some teams fall there, um, but I'm excited about this Bulls team. Excited about what they what the future holds, and that's what a rebuild is, right? That's why they some teams never finish rebuilds, Bulls. But anyway, you know, just had to throw that out there, a little jab. We're gonna step it back to uh, a former Bull talking about a current player. Uh, Michael Jordan said that Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer. And if you find the video on Twitter, uh, understand Michael Jordan had some drinks in this video. So clearly he's not in his right mind. That's all I'm going to say. Steph's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Um, the team, 73-9, and nine, uh, I guess, yes, they, they lost. He was still the only unanimous MVP in the league. You can have all the gripes you want about these things. That's fine. They happened. Uh, Steph's going in the, in the Hall of Fame. Changed the game. I'm not sure what Mike's thinking. Maybe it was just a little tongue-in-cheek. You know, Steph's from Charlotte, Mike. It owns the, the Charlotte Hornets. Who knows? I'm not sure there's many people that agree with him. There's a few that are like, yeah, you see, the GOAT said it. Um, I disagree, but that is what it is. Just had to go ahead and, and address that real quick because Mike sounded a little bit crazy talking about that. Thankfully, we didn't have any NBA China updates. Um, that may that may be a bad thing for the NBA, but it's good for us. I'm tired of hearing about it, tired of having to discuss um, and, and, and pick apart everything that's being said by every side uh, in this. That's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. As I said, 
as I said, thank you for watching. Um, if you want to follow me, please do on Twitter at Josh G Buck or on Facebook at Jukes and Jumps. Hit the email jukesjumps at gmail.com and of course read me uh, last word on pro football. Pippin ain't easy and last word dot word jukesjumpers.wordpress.com. I'm I gotta I am man, mine is, is tired right now. That's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks for watching, guys. Tune in next time. Jukes and jumpers. Until then, I'm your boy JB. You know what it is, man. We gotta uh we gotta tell you. Oh, new outro too. You most new intro, notes a new background, new outro too. I hope you guys enjoyed it.